When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, yeah, what do you want? Beak or jaws, feathers or fur, sharp teeth or feet with claws, whatever's preferred. They'll grant you all last requests to steady your nerves, then podcast the body parts, get severed and served. Bring your weak shit where the wolf and owler. That ain't just a mistake, that's an awful howler. Both of them are known to pull up at your shows, have the crowd witnessing the murder like they rolled in with a gang of crows. Fuck the censorship, let them see the whole thing. They stay dressed to kill, never sheep's clothing. Dark enough to turn the sun to the moon, you'll see nothing. All you hear's a huff a puff and a Expect killings, red spilling and flesh ripping Impressive in it, the death bringing his head spinning Just kidding, every word in his song's about two grown men Dressed up as a bird and a dog Hello, hello, it's episode two of season two on the Wolf and Our podcast. Yeah. Tom said he was ready, but he's still sort of adjusting his microphone. I've got it now, baby. Inside the place. This is another bed episode. Chilled back in bed. You're talking right into the top of it. You, oh, is it really bad? Really well, it's just quite an, it's quite aggressive. Are you going to hold it like that for the whole hour? <laughs> literally starting off holding it up like I'm Liam Gallagher at Nebworth, just about to fucking smash out the final shot of the night, and then regretting it 25 minutes in when my arms getting all tired. Yeah, I just I could just see that that was going to be a problem. You know, like um, we've just been doing romantic getaway, and you know when they're like they're blocking or they're, they they want to frame up or whatever on a shot. Yeah, yeah. So they ask you to hold something. So like I had a bag or something, you've got to hold it up. So they go, can you just hold that up so we can see? And what you don't want to let on is that after about a minute, that starts to become incredibly painful, right? But, but it doesn't look like it is. So one of the things that I've become paranoid about when I'm filming is looking like I'm out of touch or looking like one of these on-screen people that's like yeah, become yeah, a yeah. diva or something like that. So just sort of going, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I just don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to hold this bag up like this. Could you, could you frame up quicker, please? I, I, it's like a fear of. Do you have to do any scenes when you've got to do something like I can when I'm acting. I can I can walk and I can talk at the same time because when you've got mm. to focus on what the lines are and stuff and yeah. yeah. But if you then add a third thing, like having to yeah. carry something or open something, if you watch, go back and watch most of my career and most of my acting, very rarely can I do three things at once. I'm, I'm possible. A lot of the time, I walk, stop, say something. And then walk it. That's King Gary. I did that the whole time. I was like, I can't. Yeah. Like, League of the Rome, for example, which you, I'm fine because I haven't got any lines to remember. But if I've got lines to remember, I find it as soon as any other part of my body starts working, it's like my brain just switches off and it just focuses Mate, on my legs. One of the things I, I, I cannot stand but has to be right is continuity. Yeah. Right? And continuity is, I don't want to patronize people, but like if you're handling a book or something or eating a bowl of cereal, you do your first take, and if they decide to match to that take, then every other take you've got to do, you've got to eat the cereal at exactly the same time, right? That, that's yeah, that's yeah. basically how it works. And, so, and if you don't get it right, somebody comes over and goes, just so you know, after you said monkey, you ate a, you took a, a bowl of, uh, took a spoonful of cereal, right? I had a scene, by the way, one of the worst explanations for continuity, I think, on record, but I uh, had to walk around with a map. And I'm, 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 so I'm walking with the map, I'm talking, and then I fold the map to start talking to Catherine, oh, right? Oh, God. Mate, the number of times we had to redo the take 
because I hadn't folded the map the right way or I'd folded it on the wrong line or I'd folded it over Catherine's dialogue maps, by the way, the sound was used. Maps are the biggest dickheads in the world. Yeah. Fuck, fuck like, maps. So, right? like, this... No one's ever folded. Like, when you buy a friend, my, my dad's obsessed with new maps, right? We go somewhere, he'll go, oh, I'm going to go and get a map of the area, right? And he's he's got that shit down. It, he'll open it, put it back exactly like it is. The fucking logistics of opening a folded map is literally, I, I've, I've brought maps before that are still out in my house because I've not, I've had to drive back from where we are on holiday. But I don't mm. know why I've even brought a map. Why do you even need an actual paper map in 2022 when these phones have got everything on them? Mm. I mean, there's something quite lovely about them because you think like you're Long John Silver and shit. Yeah, I know. There's something nice about having them. There's something that, t- that, that plays into your sort of ancient masculinity of leading the way. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I, I, when I started gigging, like I started, how long have I been gigging for? Like 11, 12 years, something like that, right? When I started going to gigs, I didn't have SatNav. And even if SatNav was about, I couldn't afford it. So what I would do is I would Google the venue and then do one of those, you know, the route thing? Oh, yeah, like yeah. The, yeah. Where it does the instructions and then print that off. And have it, it's so fucking dangerous. I'd have it on the passenger seat, right? <laughs> Just be like, occasionally looking down to it. And then, so you'd be doing that, absolute fucking like road hazard. And then what would happen is I would miss an instruction. And obviously you're not in a live thing. If you've got sat nav, it goes, oh, you fucked it, mate. You're going to need to take a right there. You haven't got that. No. So what you have to do is like, you have to turn around, try and retrace your steps to when you like went off the track. And then start go- and replay it from that point. It's insane. Amazing that I ever got to any Mate, gig ever. The pressure, right? I used to have, right? So when I was scaffolding back in the day, right? Yeah. I, I couldn't drive. certainly couldn't drive a scaffold lobby, right? So one of my jobs would be reading the map, right? Yeah. Most of it was inner London. So someone would literally pass you one of those fucking great, like an A to Z, fucking massive A to Z. And you go, right, you're going, this address, this address, this address. So, so you go to three different houses in a day. You then have to work out the map, the route on the map and have to literally. So, so a song came, comes on that you like, right? And you start singing along. I know it's a little bit Elton John, Tiny Dancer comes on. You're having a little bit of a sing-along, right? Yeah. Then you lose, completely lose your place in the map, right? Yeah. And then he'd go, where are we? Didn't even have the Google printouts. And li- li- you could be anywhere. So then you're trying to hustle around, trying to find any bit, trying to find anything. You it's like an insane computer game. And then it would always just be like sort of you get back about five o'clock that evening. You were meant to be, he'd be like the guys would. All be, we could have been back at two thirty if it wasn't for Tom's Matt reading. Yeah, and then what do you say? I'm really sorry. I got carried away singing along to Tiny Dancer. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, or any. How does that song. go? How does that go down in the scaffolding community? Mate, let me tell you, scaffolding community, right? Yeah. They love a ballad. They love a little bit of Elton John. Yeah. Some of my happiest memories were standing on the back of a big old flatbed truck singing along yeah. to sort of, yeah, big, big ballad songs. And, yeah. You know, um, you know, Rocket Man. Yeah. I don't know if he talked about this on the podcast. I think, I think we yeah. might have done. But at the end of Rocket Man, there's a bit, spoiler alert, there's a bit where it's, it's all out, of, it's, the chronology's all over the place, or whatever, in terms of the songs and stuff like that. But he, Elton John, long story short, he, go, he went through it, right? He went yeah. through it pretty bad. And at the end, he, there's a scene where Taron Egerton, who's amazing as Elton Phenomenal. John, just unreal, right? He gets up and starts singing I'm Still Standing. It closes the film, right? And you know, like, um, I have certain things, certain videos I watch where, like, if I'm feeling, like, down or that I'm not going to be able to do this thing at work that I've got to do, I watch the video or I listen to a song and it gets me pumped up. Yeah. I have watched Taron Egerton 
sing I'm Still Standing, I reckon, rough estimate, 40 times. Right? It's incredible. Every time I feel fucking pumped, man. Just like, yes! Fucking go out there and fucking smash it! It's so it's actually embarrassing. I just I sat there in my dressing room, just with the phone in front of me, just watching the watching Literally, the video. that's the thing you did. I've got the same with any Leona Lewis song. I, I will listen to a Leona Lewis song and just feel like I can absolutely as soon as the hook comes in, I'm like, I'm ready. Yeah, but on the watching video things, you know, like this is so fucking uh I will go back. There's an episode of do you remember did you ever watch Lost? I think we talked about it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, gave, I gave up on it pretty early doors, but yeah, I did watch, I watched it. it Lisa, had, Lisa had a real thing for Sawyer. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Sawyer. He was so cool. So cool. I had a bit of a thing anyway, for Sawyer, if I'm honest. I mean, he's what a hot guy. You know what I mean? And he's just well, sort so of he's done nothing shit. really since. No. And he had all the sort of fundaments of being like a Bradley Cooper kind of guy. Yeah, he really did. He was... Actually, maybe we should put him in something. Well, what do we put him in our next project? Me and you should do a project, right, where... Yeah, like we're two bounty hunters and we've got to sort, sort out a real big criminal and that criminal is played by the guy who played Sawyer. I think that's a great idea. And he basically does the same character as Sawyer. Or we should do like a, a thing where we actually try and revive Sawyer's career. He plays Sawyer again. No, he plays he plays himself. Well, we, and... we play two guys who are obsessed with the character. Also obsessed with him yeah. because both our wives find him amazingly attractive. Yeah. And just sort of like start hanging around with him and like wanting to be more like him. What did he wear? Like he wore, le- he wore a leather jacket, right? No, yeah, yeah denim jeans. I think it was, he was a denim kind of like, he always had cowboy boots on. Well, he didn't have That a was a great thing about Lost as well. Is he didn't have a change of clothes. No, yeah, you, you, know, you have one costume. I mean, what must they have smelled like, by the way? Well, I know, I think I it always was quite... think, I always think that about Jungle Book, like how smelly that little loincloth that Mowgli was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> what, the cartoon? You know, the little, he's been wearing that since he's a baby all the time. And he's, there's no way he's not had at least one skidder in there. No, no, no. And, no. and you, they never show any scenes where he's like by a rock, sort of beating it and cleaning it and stuff like that. Just... I can't remember any scenes in Lost where they were. I suppose in Lost, though, you did have other people's luggage that you could go through and just sort of cherry pick. Oh, stuff. my God. I've just seen a picture of him with like his top off. Yeah, it's incredible. He's just insanely hot. I mean, it's just a lot, of, it's a lot of shirts and jeans. Yeah, go on. But one of the bits that, like, absolutely, I remember watching it, like, at the time. When he jumps from that helicopter to save everyone else, you're like, oh, my God, you're incredible. Yeah. I, you know how I couldn't stand was Jack. Yeah, I didn't like Jack either. But the the thing that I, like, I was obsessed with, I went for, there's an episode called The Greatest Hits. It's all about Charlie. Yeah. Uh, who's played from, he's, uh, I can't remember the fella's name. He was, which is terrible of me, but he, he was one of the hobbits uh, from Lord of the Rings. He's one of the hobbits from Lord of the Rings, was he? Yeah, he was one of the hobbits, yeah. yeah. As opposed to one of the hobbits from Fast and Furious. Uh, <laughs> You prick. <laughs> I'd love to see Hobbits in Fast and Furious. That'd be the best thing ever. Vin Diesel turning into... around and going, get in! And then fucking yeah. three little Hobbits just scurrying. Give one of them a machine gun and strap him to the roof. One of them just fucking wizard up in a fucking Mazda. <laughs> Handbrake turning into it. <laughs> it's about family. It's about family. I mean, actually, they're quite similar in the way that they vibe out, isn't it? Yeah, they're all about family, those guys. But there was a bit of um, Charlie when Charlie gives up his life for he yeah. to say. I mean, actually, you know, same as Sawyer did, really. But it's really I, sometimes I watch that episode and it makes me feel so morose and so sad. But there's something amazing about it. It's actually a really, really well written piece of work because mm. he's chatting to this guy that he hardly knows on this little boat, and he says, "These are my greatest hits." These are the best moments of my life. 
And he goes through them, he's listed them all off. It's really good. You know who I'm in love with at the moment? Like, properly in love with the character. Yeah. I don't know what the actor's like, but the character. Steve Harrington in Stranger Things. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, right? Yeah. That guy, everything he does, I love. Like, 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 this is a bit tragic, what I'm about to say. Go on. But I'm so in love with him, I wish that Steve Harrington existed and I could meet him. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, I just think, I, I just love the dude, man, so much. But me and you right, have talked about this before in here. Have you seen the kid who plays Billy, his audition tapes? No. What, for Stranger Things? For Stranger Things. No. It's fucking incredible. Like, genuine, well, how good he is? Yeah, it's amazing. Like, anyone who inspires to be an actor or whatever, like, yeah, wants to be an actor, anyone out there at all, right? Genuinely, if you want to know how to do it... Like, I've been in this game seven, 11, 12 years, right? I've been in this a long time. I've done so many different audition tapes. I've been in so many audition rooms. I watched this audition, right? And I thought, how the fuck have I been in it this long? No wonder I've had to write my own stuff. Because if the calibre of people auditioning are like this, the kid who plays Billy, and that's what I'm up against, literally, I'm lucky that I've not ended up in, I don't know, in like amateur dramatics. It's in, like, it's in, it's, it's as good as what you, when you see him on screen. Yeah. Like the director must have gone, just do what you did in your audition, mate. I do think, like, obviously, that th there's a lot of talent, loads of talent involved in that. I also think it's it's also a willingness to commit to what you're doing. Yeah, do you know what I mean, like, like, and you have to sort of get rid of your ego and like make a real decision. But also, about how you're play, let me right? just say it helps that he's not got his top on through most of it, and he's yeah. stunningly good looking. Yeah, let me tell you this now. I reckon I don't even know how much better my self tape would have to be than his with my top off for me to get the part over him. <laughs> I can't even imagine. What kind of performance I'd have had to turn in Did for you? them to go, do you know what? Do you know what? I don't mind him having that body. He's so good. I, I, I want it to be him. I want it to be him. <laughs> you know who's who's so cool out of that is uh, David Harbour, like Hopper. Oh, God. He, so, what a character. He, what a character. But what like that guy, right? I was out filming, I think it was Action Team in Bulgaria. It was Action Team or Plebs, one of the two. Yeah. Uh, and I had to, I spent like, uh, three years on and off going out of Bulgaria for a big stage. And he was out there filming Hellboy. Yeah. And he was there filming in the same studio lot as we were filming, uh, where we were filming. And uh, a couple of times I sort of walked past him and you know, that someone, he just like nod or sort of like, like he's got Idris cool. Do you know what I mean? He's just epically cool. Like, just, yeah, yeah. like, you know, when someone's just not trying, like there's no way, and it's, I love you with all my heart. You know how much I love you, right? Okay, I know where this is and going. This is, uh, no, but me and you, no, me and you, this is me and you, right? Yeah. Neither, there's a moment in your life that you realise you'll never be that cool. Like something would go, like if me and you tried to be so cool, you could walk past us, do a nod of acknowledgement and just a sort of little half smile. For me and you, the nod would be too massive or the smile would be too cheesy. Yeah. And we just keep on walking, right? Yeah. David Harbour has literally just got that sort of that vibe about him. Yeah, like he just walks. Yeah, he, he's like he's like he walks between the raindrops. What a guy! Yeah, well, there's there's certain people that um, certain people. I was chatting to 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 Jeff Norcott yesterday. We we're talking about this new series of Obi Wan, and um, I, there's no point talking to you about it, obviously. But um, I, we're talking to about I was talking about that, and he said he bumped into didn't bump into. He saw you and McGregor. Yeah, right, just out and about, and obviously Jeff's like a massive. Massive Star Wars, fan, like, Star Wars big, even fan. even bigger than me, right? And um, he said, "I just was like 
captured by his like kind of aura. Like he said, his first thought was like, who is this magical person? Right? Yeah, like yeah. He, he sort of felt like, but he said that some people, and I don't know if you, I don't know. I definitely don't have this. Some people just have stardust. They just oh, have yeah. that thing where you talk to them and I can't figure out, I've tried to figure out whether it's because they're so famous or it's because they were always going to be like that. Do you know what I mean? Because I, obviously Jeff's seen Ewan McGregor and he's seen him in Star Wars. Be a fucking unbelievable as Obi-Wan, by the way. Like that guy is unreal as Obi-Wan Kenobi. So there's all of that tied up into it. So I don't know whether it's that or just that the guy has got something about Some people have just, they just carry themselves with this demeanour of, it doesn't matter what I would have ended up doing, I would have been the most popular guy working at Burger King. Yeah. I've just got this, do you know what yeah. I mean? I've just got this fucking charisma and thing about me. Do you know what I mean? That draws people to if, me. If he'd been working at an insurance that. company, he'd be like the fucking slickest dog there. Exactly. The absolute don. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, he'd the, been wearing like a the... turtleneck all winter long. Yeah. So he wouldn't have, he'd never wear a shirt and tie. <laughs> it's such a weird thing, isn't it? How do you get that? How does that come? I think you have to be born with it. You, would you reckon? Well, I just I think it it requires a, a level of comfort in your own skin that you and I I can't imagine we're going to possess unless we undergo a severe course of self development. Uh, I don't I don't think we've got it in our future, yeah. mate, to be honest with you. And also, I I worry that you you'd lose your your. How would you be self deprecating if like if if you if you're that cool and that epic? Well, I I, fi I find self-deprecation when somebody isn't the thing really fucking irritating. Yeah, I've got yeah. to be honest with you. Like you know when um really hot people on Instagram go woke up feeling really bad about my my face today. Like look like it looks like it's hanging off my skull or whatever. <laughs> and you just look at them and you go, y you look better than I've ever looked in my life. Like 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 in the dark. Do you know what I mean like like I, I can't. I, I, I can't accept that from you as a comment. Yeah, this but is ugly that's, Sunday, that's, that's, sort of thing. Yeah, that, that, yeah, exactly. Like, oh God, how am I going to go to the shops today looking like this? What? Looking like what? One of the hottest people on the planet. Well, hate... And listen, I'm being unfair because people have their own. Yeah, of, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's their like, own um, insecurities. There's a guy, and I don't know why I follow him, but I follow him. In the, I won't name him, but he's sort of like through reality TV, and uh, <laughs> he'll do one like that on a sort of like weekend, and he'll just do that thing, and it will always be topless. He'll always just like lean his head back and then he'll sort of like smile at the camera, shake his head and really throw his hair around. Like his hair is just really like loose and, and then he'll just go, I can't be bothered today. And then just close yeah. his eyes and lean back. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you can't be bothered, why is that attempt 100? <laughs> and also if you can't be bothered, why is the first thing you've done when you've woken up gone, yeah. I was going to wash my face, yeah. put something under, under these eye bags and then I'm going to do an Instagram yeah. video to say I yeah. can't be yeah. bothered. <laughs> You know, you know what people who can't be bothered do? They don't go on Instagram. They just wallow in their own filth for the day. Yeah, it's That's what Chinese They have a countdown clock for Chinese takeaway at midday. <laughs> yeah, what's the earliest? Just phoning up at eleven thirty on the off chance <laughs> that somebody might have come in. To <laughs> have you ever, that, 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 that is such a weird. Like, I've done that. I've done that for. I've done the early evening thing where you call them at like five thirty and yeah, that answer. You go, oh one. hello. <laughs> We don't know. We don't know. Open till like six. And you're like, oh, okay, no, no. I'm just, yeah, it's exciting. You've just done. Can I, can I get the first dibs on a? Because yeah, the phones go crazy at six. I actually have so much respect for people who open like answer calls for takeaways. Uh, a busy weekend. Yeah, I feel yeah, like me too. They don't get anything for it. People are very stressed at that point, and they're taking a, a phone call every. Oh, incredible! What incredible human beings! Incredible work they're doing. 
I need to check something with you because yeah. I'm slightly embarrassed about something. And uh, you and I spent the weekend together. We spent a lot well, of time we didn't spend together, the weekend actually, together. We're, we're, yeah, we've yeah. gone from like a detox from each other to yeah to being fully embroiled in each each other's lives for. So Saturday night, Saturday night, you were doing my brother's gig in Crawley yeah. and I came down just to see you. Shout out Crawley, the people of Crawley, amazing people who came along. Yeah. Can I just say one thing actually about Crawley and uh, like... Oh God. No, we've, we know, I know a little bit about Crawley, like, and it, like, I would say it's one of like, my favourite crowds I've played to, like, they're lovely people for the most part, incredible. But uh, so we did an early show that you, your brother, you know, Dinesh, like, so we had this Dinesh and Claire shout them out, I'd done like... So it was a 6.30 showing yeah. where we did our stuff and then we went on again at half eight, nine. Yeah. Number one, the people of Crawley are fucking hard, right? There was a monsoon. It absolutely fucking lashed down. The rain was incredible. Yeah, during the first show. Right? Just as it was coming to the end of my set, I was opening and no one had brought umbrellas or cagoules. For a gig in England in the summertime, it was like, number one, they were absolutely completely shocked. That it would, I mean, I was wearing shorts, so I was... Silly as them. You was culpable as yeah, 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 of course. But they were like literally, but they sat through the gig. Like they were like having to be told yeah. to go, like, oh, there's electricity everywhere and it's raining quite a lot. <laughs> so I was like, shout out to people of Crawley for that. But after the first show, which ended at 7 30, quarter to eight, someone went to the toilet, a man went to the toilet, the cubicle obviously was being used, and he shat on the floor of the toilet. Yeah, yeah. That's quite normal in Crawley. <laughs> Genuinely. Like if that happened at 3, 3 a.m. or whatever, you could sort of give someone... But for that to happen at 7.30... Do, do you know what I don't understand about that? So a few days ago, we were, like, filming at a golf club, right? Yeah. And they didn't have a... And, I was get, and we wrapped, and I was getting ready to go home. And they said, just get changed in the green room bit quickly. But there are other people using that green room, right? Yeah. So the, the, I would say the three seconds that I had my trousers off and the three seconds that I had my top off were some of the most terrifying moments yeah. of my life, the fear of somebody walking in and seeing me like yeah. that, right? <laughs> The idea that you would comfortably shit on a toilet floor and not be concerned about somebody walking in and seeing you curling one out. It's insane. On I, I what, what do you say? And how what do you say? I'm like, oh, sorry, the toilet was busy. Sorry, the toilet was busy. <laughs> like, it's just like, when I walked in there, and like I believe the man who runs it is called Dan, shout out Dan, and he just finished clearing it out. And I was just going into the, uh, just before. I mean, imagine imagine that. So, so Dan, Dan, we've got a little situation. Oh, God, is the toilet flooded? No, actually, somebody's actually smashed out a cable on the floor. He, so he, he was, was horrified, but so embarrassed. It was like I was at his house and one of his family had done it. I, but I just don't, I can't fathom out of that. But then, you know, that thing that I think, I don't know if we've talked about it on here before, but we've talked about it, me and you have talked about it in real life. When you're filming, right? Because we filmed, so we, we filmed together on Sunday. Mm. Sometimes, if I'm filming, I can go 14 hours without shit. Yeah. I find it really hard. Like, when you're being, like, rushed from pillar to post, to have that bit of time where you just go, you know, I'm just going to really take myself out of this situation and just let one drop. Sometimes, I've held it in for so long because we've been filming, I've had to retrain my arsehole to release it. <laughs> it's so weird. L like, 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 my, like, my body's just gone, oh, you want to keep this from now on? Yeah, all right. I mean, you know it's going to start coming up out through your throat in a bit. You know that. But if that's what you want to do, that's what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, the fucking crazy thing is that you know at some point, just the logic of how your body works is you're going to have a day where all you do is shit. Yeah. So that's a work-at-home day. Yeah, and it's going to be fucking really dark matter that draws all light into it, do you know what I mean? Because it's been sort of... <laughs> but even in that scenario, in I can't think of a situation where I'd be like at a service station and I'd go, oh, I just have to do this on the floor. 
you reckon? Do you reckon he squatted, or do you think he? It was from a stood position. I think he squatted. He just, I think he squatted like low. I almost, I almost, am, oh, I'd say I'm ninety percent sure that I know who the person who did it is. Whoa. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, anyway, we've digressed a little bit because the reason I, I'm sort of talking about it is because I've done two social media posts uh, that I'm slightly. Well, I did a post about you yeah. because we spent the weekend together. It was a lovely weekend. We filmed for League of Their Own on Sunday, and it was a fucking great day. Like I cannot believe that was a day at work. Yeah, we had a we had a we had a nice time at the, at the at Crawley Comedy Club. Shout out to them! It's a great gig, and that's my brother's gig. That's a wonderful go down gig. There all the it's time. a wonderful gig. But I then did a post of a photo of us going, I had a wonderful time with the wolf this weekend or whatever. And then after I posted it, I thought, is that a bit tragic? Do, do, do you know what I mean? Like, I, don't know, I, I, I genuinely actually thought, wow, this is, I, it really meant a lot to me. Yeah. You didn't share it. Um, <laughs> I put my own picture up of us on, of us on the pitch at the at sure. Croke Park. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, a picture where I look considerably worse. You decided to choose that one. No, you, you right, let me just say. I, I, by the way, let, let, no, no, actually, while we're on this subject, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. Two things that you're guilty of, right? Stitch up things. The first stitch up thing is you are never shy of sharing a shit photo of a mate. All right, I'm going to say that whoa, is, that's whoa, what, whoa. No, 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 whoa, no, whoa. no, listen, that's, hold on, this one of your favourite things to do <laughs> yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is share a shit photo of a friend, right? And the other thing that you like doing is you are absolutely no fucking help in a situation with a member of the public, right? Because as you know, at the comedy club, a woman came up and asked for a photo, as had happened quite a bit. Some people were drinking and they're getting quite aggy in their demands for photos, right? And, and a couple there of people... There was actually a level asked, of aggression with certain people. There was, I mean, 100%. Well, I did like protect like, you with one of those people. Yeah, but a woman came up and asked for a photo of her, of her mate or whatever. She brought her mate backstage to the into the green room for some reason she just wandered in with her mate and said can we get a photo then she said to me can you do something funny right which is which is an insane request right for somebody to do something funny in a photo i'm doing the photo and i just said it's a still image I, i don't really know what i'm supposed to do to do something funny and then rather than going yeah let's just you know get the photo done what you did is turned on me I thought, well, I think that's a very disappointing attitude, actually, mate. What are you trying to do? Have you seen the photos? No. Why would I want to see the photos? No, I am trying to do funny stuff in the pictures. You're you're just, you've got the same face for all of them. Why are you trying to do funny stuff? Because that's what you've requested. We're not not fucking photo jukebox. (laughs) All right? No, but I wanted wanted her to go away and go, that was a right laugh for those two. 100%, I guarantee, she went, like Tom, Rom, I take or leave. I, I, almost certainly that's you know, I, I actually genuinely thought of all the times in the pictures that you were going to bring up was going to be the guy at the airport. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's a, I, I cannot believe I forgot about this. <laughs> this is, that is. <laughs> so we're at the airport and uh, we're walking through duty free and uh, a man comes up and he says, can I please get a photo? And then Tom says, I'll take the photo for you. And then Tom goes, it's incredible that you did this. Like, not even on a funny level. It's just so out of order. You went, let's do a video. Do something funny. Do something fu- Like, do one of your catchphrases. Do one, of your, like, do one of your catchphrases for the video. And what was so bad about it is the man I was with was so much more awkward than I was. I mean, I was awkward. I think I said, welcome to League of Their Own. You know? <laughs> it was your catchphrase. <laughs> no, but... <coughs> 
Right, my thinking is this, right? He was a big fan of yours, yeah. right? Right. A video of the two of you having a right laugh together in like Duty Free by Tom Ford, he could look back on, because I was actually thinking of the night before where you struggled to be funny in the picture, right? I was like, Tom, let me just clear something up. You weren't funny in the picture either. Mate, okay. go back and look at the pictures. I'm doing a bit of this, what? bit of that. Oh, I'll tell you if what I'm doing. The... I'm going to put a collage yeah. of the pictures up like uh, when this podcast comes out. Okay. Right. I'll probably delete the woman's or put sound over the woman's face to sort of. Yeah. yeah. Or I think more likely we'll never see those photos. But they are genuinely, I think I'm being quite funny in them. What, what are you yeah, doing? When you try to smile, yeah. I'm just doing wacky stuff. Like what? I'm using my, you know, but then I was like, look, this guy's a massive Romesh fan, right? He will be disappointed when he looks back at just a picture of him and Romesh. No, he will not. A photo's fine. He doesn't have to do a video. Wait, he's got now a minute. Why just to do a video? Of him and his favourite comedian larking about in Duty Free together. Right? It's a really sweet thing. So whenever he feels a bit sad, he'll Tom, go. Tom, Tom, Tom. It was, it was seven o'clock in the morning. All right? You and I, I'd been out till two o'clock in the morning for my brother's birthday. Pick up at five. And then I'm at an airport at seven, and you asked me to do a fucking video for this guy. No, I didn't ask you. I did the video and then told you. Off. No, yeah, sorry. Sorry, that's sorry. That implies that you were nicer than you were. You, without consent, started running a video. No, but in my head, I'm like, actually, this guy is, he was so excited to see you, he was trembling, right? Mm. I thought, number one, he's got to be careful. He works here. Everything around him in duty free is made of glass. So, yeah, fine. But what I would say is on the next day, not the next day, later on that same day, because we did have a 19 hour day that day. On the way back, we're at the pub in the airport and a guy came up absolutely battered and was quite, I would say, uh, invasive. I'd your passive aggressive and he was, yeah. Yeah, of your personal space. What would Tom Davis have done if I'd have been in the situation? I know what you would have done. You would have gone, oh, oh, it seems like you two are getting on. Let's get a video. What did I do? Supportive, took the photo with the geezer, got whoa, rid of whoa, whoa, whoa. Right? That's how that's how friends operate. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, that's you're, how mates you're a miss now because you're not mentioning that like big teenage kid that you were terrified of from the gig with the hoodie. <laughs> I wasn't terrified. <laughs> I wasn't. He kept coming in and he said, he said, I, I I want a photo so I can piss off my nan. Yeah. Right. No, he kept on saying, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, so he said, I don't want to be that guy. He said it about 20 times. He said, I don't want to be that guy, but I want a photo of you, Romish, to piss off my nan, right? And I said, okay. And then he held his phone up and he's on Instagram, right? So I said, let me do it and I'll get a selfie. And then I got it off. He had it on story or something. I can't remember what he had it on or video or something. So I went to change it and he just went, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you doing going through my phone? I was like, mate, is your only contact with your nan? that she follows you on Instagram because otherwise I don't understand what's going on here. Anyway, he did that another six times, right, with different things. And admittedly, you did say to him, mate, you're doing a lot of trying to piss people off by having photos of Romish, aren't you? But you don't know what he did when you're on stage. What did he do? Oh, actually, were you there when he came into the tent? I was there. I told him, I said, look, go away. Yeah. But do you know what he asked, what he asked my brother? What? <laughs> Bearing in mind... He's just seen Stephen Grant host yeah, the gig, one of the greatest comics in the country. Yeah. Angela Barnes, right, TV comic. Scott Bennett, yeah. TV comic, yeah. right. Tom Davis, comedy legend, right. He asked if we were taking applications to go on stage, <laughs> like it's a fucking karaoke bar. <laughs> he was a helmet, wasn't he? Yeah. And you know what's sad is that 
Yeah, he actually, his family were lovely. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to give. He had I'm a weird aggression as well. He had cocksure. He was cocksure. Yeah, he had his hood up the whole time. Yeah, he had his hands in like the sort of pockets of his hoodie. Mm. Unless he was sort of... He, he got he got arsy with me. He got aggy with me. He was going to me. You, 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 you just mugged me off there and stuff like that. And then when when I walked like and then I was getting like done. I was getting like asked for photos, which is fine. Like the, most of the people were, like really polite. So I was doing photos, and then I wandered over to the um to the tent, the performance tent, and he just walked in. Yeah, it's mad. I mean, I'm assuming I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he was pissed. Yeah. So you know you can't you can't hold him accountable for all of the decisions he was making, but. It was crazy, man. It was crazy. But anyway, the other poster, look, it doesn't matter. The problem, the thing is, I had such a great time with you and then I had such a great time with my brother. I started feeling, you know, when you, <laughs> you start getting a bit sort of emotional, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh man, I've had a great time with my mate. I've had a great time with my brother. And then I posted up on, it's my brother's birthday yesterday. So I did a post about going, <laughs> a photo of us two going. It's really unlike me to post something like this. Thank you for being... Happy birthday to a man who's consistently shown himself to be the most wonderful brother anyone could ask for. I mean, actually, a couple of mates went, are you all right? Because it was just like such a... <laughs> such a... Do you think you're turning a corner where you're becoming like quite a... Like the sweetness sort of... Yeah, you know, you've become a bit more sugary than maybe... I don't think I've become more sugary. I I, I don't think I've become more sugary. I, uh, not, I hope not. I don't yeah, you are that person. Like, let's be... Yeah, you have got the sweetest of souls. Like you are, like you've got that lovely way about you, and it's like. Oh yeah, you said that. You said that to the um to the people at the Gaelic football, didn't you? You said, "Oh, just so you know, he's going to come across terribly initially, but he's one of the sweetest souls you could imagine." But he takes takes him a while to get started. You'll probably you probably won't like him for a bit, but then by the end of the day, you'll all be singing his praises. A horrible, horrible thing to say. <laughs> but sometimes I feel like I'm like sort of like no, because you you you. One of the things I've I've learned about you, or I know about you. Is you just you're constantly working the room all the time, constantly working the room. You like it's, it's like I, I wonder what it's like for Catherine. You know, like when when women talk about their husbands that are like utterly fucking miserable. Then as soon as they get into a public situation, they fucking turn it on. That's what you were like. You were like absolutely fucked on the plane, right? Battered, right? Just like fuck, you know. How am I going to get through this? As soon as you get in a taxi, hello, mate. How's it going? Great to be in Ireland. The air's different here, isn't it? You just feel a different vibe. Oh, I love the Irish. Absolutely love the Irish. I don't know what's up with Romish. Stupid, miserable bastard. Oh, beautiful. Every time we turn into a new road, it's like a new adventure. Oh, my God. Jesus. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Feet up on the fucking seats. Oh, mate, speaking of which, yeah. I, I, I don't think you deserve this. A lot of people, those Crocs, those Adidas Crocs yeah. or whatever you call them, yeah. very divisive, aren't they? Yeah. But that's, you know, that's the thing about... High-end fashion? Yeah, you know, that's the thing. You, you've got the guts to fucking fly out and do some shit like that and roll that sort of way. Mm. What was there quite a lot of abuse given? Well, not abuse, just people going, what the fuck are they? Um, I normally like that type of shoe, but what the fuck is he wearing? Um, but I'm going to tell you this. I, I like. I just think divisive shoes are great. I think divisive clothes are great. Yeah, sir. You know, like because the, the the fear of being divisive is what makes everyone dress the same. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I, I it like. I, you know who I re who I really. Uh, <laughs> God, I'm giving so much away of myself. Do you know who I've 
I, I've realised might be one of my sartorial kind of heroes, one of my fashion heroes. Arch? Andre three, Andre oh. three thousand from Outcast. Like, like I just think that geezer oh, yeah. doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's man, amazing. I love that. Him and Will I am. I really thought you were going to say Arch from Towie. Why did you think I was going to say Arch from Towie? Because he put a post up the other day. And he feels really confident about himself. So he started wearing like really brightly coloured stuff and he's mm. been a bit more out there with his fashion choices. So when you yeah. said like, who you look up to and who's your hero, in a weird way, I thought, oh, maybe he's got that post from Arch. Okay. All right. I'm going um, to take that comment in the spirit in which it was intended. And that is <laughs> c- uh, And then we're going to, should we get into some emails? Let's do it, brother. Okay. Uh, this is from... Oh, by the way, can I just say one thing? Are you st- mm. I'm in absolute agony from that fucking illegal oh, thing. Hugely embarrassing that um, basically a day's... A- I-, I-, I couldn't even call it a day's activity. No. We played a bit of Gaelic football, but it was very do a bit here, do a bit there. Mate, do- you know, the moment when I realised like how embarrassing me and you are as sports people, right? How absolutely right is... We had to play Gaelic football against... A bunch of boys who are from the age of, I think, what, 15 to about 18 max, right? Mm, mm. Who were significantly fitter and stronger than me and Ramesh, right? Yeah, yeah. They were battering us. Yeah. And the director had to come in and say, can you just let Tom or Ramesh just get a little pass or a little touch of the ball at some point? Yeah. And it was just the most indignifying. Thing. Like, they were so fucking quick and so I tell you, I tell you there's, there's a couple of things that are indignifying. You injuring your knee in a celebration. Yeah. You and I limping off the field after spending, <laughs> I would say, I reckon maybe an hour doing physical exercise, if that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know that injury? Yeah. I can't fathom how people celebrate goals. And like, you know, when they slide on their knees. I went to celebrate, and it wasn't even a big celebration. I no. buckled my knee. Yeah. I had physio treatment on a celebration. You, you collapsed to the ground in front of a bunch of 15-year-olds. Who were all laughing and fitting, like, running for their phones to fucking Snapchat it. Yeah, it's bad. Like a fucking beach whale. Oh, uh, before we get into the emails, by the way, nobody, and I mean nobody, is having your ass pebble, mate. Absolutely. Really? In fact... I'm having a lot of people suggesting that I got mugged off because you just made it up. And there's absolutely Mate, no not, way. I've not it. made it up. It's a thing. I mean, Catherine's actually genuinely furious with me that I even. What, for talking it. about it on the podcast? Yeah. She's like, do you know, it's disgusting. Like, people, people who've come to eat at our house are checking that we haven't had anything from the freezer, right? You have to it show is, people. Tom, it is disgusting that you've got an arse pebble in, in a freezer. freezer it on its d- own shelf. What else do you keep in the outside freezer? Food. <laughs> Yeah, I d- yeah, food. I don't, I don't, I don't want I bleach it to and eat clean it. food at your house. It's been right. the same refrigeration yeah. chamber as a fucking arse pebble. Right. Let me just tell you and clarify. The this, air right. circulate. There's air that's making right. contact with your air arse pub right. pebble and making contact with whatever that vegetables. Pebble has been bleached and sanitized. Right. That you could eat your dinner off that arse pebble. Well, I am practically if I come around to your house. <laughs> right. I've had a few squaddies who've got in touch and they've heard of this vibe, okay? Okay. So shout out my brethren, the arse yeah. pebble, the few of us. When do, they, when do they use it? When they're out on, on service? So they're not putting it in their freezer, I take it. Well, no, they have to, you have to put it in somewhere cold, otherwise you yeah, put but a you're not putting it. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> and also, if let me just say, if, if, the, if you're using a pebble in a hot country and you're just picking it up, it's going to be even worse, isn't it? You're going to put yourself in yeah, even more. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's right. got to be cut. Let me just say this. It's got to be cold. And also, I don't want to get in any... You've really... I can't say this firmly enough. It's just there, just to almost just touch the top of... like Not even the top of your ring. 
right? It's just, just there to add a little coolness. I've heard quite a few people saying, asking how it works logistically. How it and, works? Yeah, like how like how deep they go and stuff. So hold on, people are, people I mean, are trying say, it. I'd say it's in the top three things since we've done this podcast that people have reached out. Mm. A lot of people seem to like they've made their way to Brighton or another pebbly beach and gone to find those pebbles. I've had a lot yeah. of people sending pictures of their new pebbles, which I found amazing and like I... I can't help but like think of all of you just sort of like smiling after a hot curry and yeah, yeah. Thank God. It's it's, yeah. it's not the putting it in that I think is is the issue. It's the taking it out once it's been sort of warmed by your ass cheeks. That sort of removal and then what you have to do with it. Just that sort of shameful scrub of the pebble that you had up your ass. I, <laughs> I, I can't look, even. This is the thing, right? This is the thing. This is this is the guy who wears Crocs and yeah, this is me, right? I fucking I don't look at <sighs> shit out of shame. When I take it out, I look at the little fella and I'm like, thank you. And God bless you. And then I give it a good scrub. You know, I bleach it. Why is that better than an ice cube sat on a towel? I don't know. I think an ice cube just goes all wet and horrible and manky. And you just got wet on ass. And then, yeah, but then it disappears. But then the towel's got shit all over it. Yeah. And let me tell you, it's harder to get shit out of fabric than stone. And you can quote me on that. Yeah, you're making some good points. I still, I still. There's something my head can't get round about keeping a, a, a pebble that you put in your ass alongside food. I, I can't. I can't. Well, get I can't tell this deeply enough. Sanitizer's pebble, right? Yeah, I get Keep it. it I get it. Clean. I get it. But I'm... also put it in a Ziploc bag. The Ziploc bag, right? You could put an actual shit in the freezer in a Ziploc bag. Well, people do, fit. don't they? People yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. We can't yeah. say for like certain reasons. We both know who we're talking about here, mm-hmm. right? But people do that, right? Honestly. It, this could be the thing, one thing if you like spicy food that can that can make your the day after that a little bit better. Okay. Um, well, first of all, apologies to who's uh, been waiting for his email to be read out this whole time. Uh, firstly, a friend recommended your podcast. It's now essential listening when I go for a run. It's only through the podcast I found King Gary and Avoidance, which are both great. I've never written or emailed into anything. I'd rather remain anonymous. N- anonymous. If I'm going to pick an animal, I'm going to go for a hippo. Episode. Uh, f- oh shit! I've just given his name. James, you can bleep that out, can't you? that um episode five of avoidance resonated with me on the same day of watching i read an article about middle-aged men having no friends episode five of avoidance is about him struggling to have like just yeah. realizing he's not got a lot of mates when i was in my 20s and 30s i had a great social life both with my wife and with my own friends after a couple of kids and work i found myself in my 40s with my wife in a huge social network and me with a dwindling number of friends to socialize with i found myself sitting on the sofa and not having that friend to text about whatever that i used to have over the years i noticed my wife has put more effort in regularly saying i've got to do lunch with so and so i haven't seen her for a while at the same time, I've let friends that I've been through a lot with go by the wayside and I've not made any effort. Not sure why I'm so apathetic about maintaining relationships, but I think it's a real issue to a lot of men who are too ashamed to admit it. I'm certainly too embarrassed to talk to someone about it. Forgot to say I'm really happy with my wife. My wife and children are amazing. I've started to make contact and do more with my remaining friends. This has helped. Previously, I felt lonely and been really missing the company of other guys. Hopefully, the wolf will now discuss it. Maybe it'll go some way to making it something we're allowed to talk about without feeling like a total loser. God bless. P.S. Thanks to the swan if she has to edit my poor grammar. Uh, Tommy D. Yeah, I, I actually completely empathise, and I, I feel this quite a lot myself. Actually, I think um, certainly with Catherine, I think Catherine's you know since uh, Grace was born, like there's been a she's really gone out and met other mothers. She's she's joined groups. She's so she's got her existing friends, but then her friendship group has grown because she's you know gone out and she's you know met people. I think for me, I I, I don't know. I, I, I could yeah. I, I actually genuinely had this thought the other day of like. I probably maybe have three, four people, one actually included, that I'd text, like, and I'd feel confident with text back. And I sort of, 
sometimes you know, I think there's a pride thing of as a man if you text someone once or twice and they've not you know check in and see how they are and they've not text back you think well I probably won't do that again like they've, they've yeah, it feels you feel quite quite vulnerable and you feel quite naked if someone doesn't text you back. And there could be many reasons why that person's in that situation. Also, I think like as men, and it's changing, I think, but I think we, we probably all went through our twenties and our most of our thirties. Never ever really like you could you could I I I can think of like such a big number of guys that I've known for the age, you know, from my mid to late teens that I was sort of friends with all through to my mid thirties, who I call friends, but then I think I never ever had a conversation that was anything that ever scratched the surface. They ever felt that it was anything but, you know, football or piss taking or, mm. you know, we, we never, I never really got into it with them. You know, I never ever discussed how I really felt. And now I look at, you know, my my wife's friends and they've all been there for each other through, you know, most of the ones that are still there now and, and even new friends, they chat about that stuff. Like, and, and you know, now where you'll, you'll, you'll go out with, husbands of the wives that you'll meet and stuff. There's always a sort of layer of bullshit that you've got to go through before you can actually sort of open up and say you are. And I think that most women, I'm not generalising because that would be unfair, but most women are sort of more confident in their, in themselves to sort of like open up a little bit more, I guess. And, and sort of, especially I think with, with parenthood, like I think since we've talked about it here, me and Romich, I've, I've had so many people reach out about from last week and talk about, yeah, anxiety and, and being a new father and stuff. And but you, a lot of them say the same thing there. It's like we, it, it feels like a sort of social thing that we're we're a little bit worried to get out and and, and talk about. I, I do genuinely think one thing though. I think that my mum always says, "You have friends for a reason, and friends for a season, and friends forever." And it's a true thing that you're gonna have. I, I look back now and I think there's been friends that I have such fond memories of, and they were just at a time in my life when I needed that sort of person. Um, and they were incredible, or friends you made on holiday, and you had the best blast, or whatever. And, and and but then I have friends, and that you know, rubbish included in this. That three or four that I I feel like have got my back, and I can reach out whenever I actually need them. They're the ones where I think, no, you know what, I I wouldn't swap those four or five for all the others that I've known all all those all those years that I didn't have that connection with. Mm. So I think yeah, it, it's it's just we grow, don't we? And and yeah. Sometimes the limbs of our tree fall short, but the branches that stay are the stronger ones. Oh my God, did you just make that up? Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, that was beautiful. <laughs> um, listen, man, uh, I find friendship a difficult, I find it a difficult thing. It's like, I, 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 I feel like, and I don't know if it's because I've got older or the nature of, of men has changed a little bit, but... When I was younger, your friends just used to rip the shit out of you all the time. Yeah, that was that was kind of you'd basically go to a roast battle like every time you go out with your friends, and that is fun. But um, as you get older, you sort of get. We still do that. I mean, all my friends rip the shit. I mean, Tom was there and met all my like sort of childhood friends that I still hang about with, and they all take the piss. Do you know what I mean? And um, that is part of it. But they're also people that you could go to. One of the things that I have a problem with. And I've talked about it a lot and there's things in avoidance that sort of relate to this and are based on this is that I, uh, I don't, I wouldn't call it social anxiety because I don't think I'm socially anxious, but I, I don't like the idea of going out. I like the idea of going out until it cl comes close. And then I start thinking, I don't want to go out anymore. Like, like I flake really badly and it's a really bad thing to, to, to do. It's not fair on the people you're doing it to, but I do do it where I just in the moment think, I don't think 
I'm up to going out. I just don't think I'm up to going out and meeting up with people. Do you know what I mean? And, and that happens a fair bit. And I don't know if that's happened to you, but you can get to a point where you, you, you sort of don't, you don't make the effort or you just sort of, you allow things to slide or whatever. But I do think if you do find people that you really get on with and that you're really close with, it is worth clinging on to those people and it is worth making the effort. And whenever I've thought that I don't want to go and meet up with somebody or I can't be asked whatever, and I've gone ahead and done it, I've never regretted it, really. I've always thought this is great. I've sometimes regretted how large a night has got, as you know, party rom comes out and it starts getting a bit cray-cray. But I've never, you know, talking to people is great, man. You just feel more connected with the world in a way that you can't get with social media. You like... You just, you know, just chatting shit about whatever. It's great. It's good for the soul, you know. And so I, I guess, you know, I'm sort of in a long-winded, waffly way. I'm sort of telling you to... A lot of people feel like this. You reach out to a friend and go, wouldn't it be good if we hooked up? And they'll go, yeah, they'd love that. And, and you know, these things are easily rectified. So it just takes a bit of effort. And you get yourself into a point where, you know, it might be even you formalise it, where you go once a month, we're going to go out. Like, let's do it. Let's put a group together that once a month we're not going to go out for a meal or to the pub or whatever and take it from there. And I, I do think you'll see your quality of life improve. I really do. I do think it'll make a difference. So, um, and I think it's easily fixed, I think, based on what you've said. So, um, so look, good luck with it. Man. the hippo. Good luck, man. Good luck, hippo. Dear Wolf, Al, and Swan. Love the podcast. Thanks for everything you do. We'd love to hear your thoughts on a problem I have at the moment. My girlfriend of nearly three years just made it clear to me that she wants to be single at some point during university. She's done one year of uni. I've done two. I don't feel the same way, but I don't think there's anything I can do to change her mind. I feel like what we have together is special. and I know she feels that way too. What's the point of sticking together if I know at some point she wants a break from being in a relationship? Any advice you have would be welcome from the Rock Hopper Penguin. Wow, the Rock Hopper Penguin. And why would you ever want to be with anything but a rock hopper penguin? Shout out the rock hopper, hopper penguin. Um, this is a diff very difficult one, isn't it? A very tricky, tricky situation. But I would say this. I think if that's what she wants, then I think you kind of got to let her go and find her way there. I think you have to have enough faith in in what you've built together to be a thing that, yeah, you know, that will be maintained no matter what, what, wherever she goes and what she does, and that will be really hard for you. That's going to be really, it's going to be a difficult thing, my bro. But the worst thing you can try and do is be in any kind of relationship with anyone where they don't, they're not one hundred percent given in, in, into into the relationship, and they've got any idea of having that sort of spe spell of being single, that spell of sort of breaking away, because. What will happen is it might, yeah, you, you you might be able to say, all right, you know, yeah, I don't think we should do that. I think we should, we should stick together. And that, you, yeah, you could be 10 years down the line, but there, there'll be something there that will always be there. And the fact that she, she might want to break away and she might want that break. And she, you know, and it's better to do that at the young age you're at when you're at university rather than do it further down the line. And if, if it's right and if, if she does that and she comes back and says, you know what, I, I didn't have any. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I I miss you, and I, 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 it was a stupid idea, and you know, then that's great. But if she goes back, and if she does that, and then says actually, yeah, it wasn't. You know, I, I, I preferred being single. And, you know, that's it. Was just wasn't meant to be. And and right now in your life, it, it's really difficult because me and Ramesh could be reflective as forty something guys who've been through that situation, and it, at that age, it can feel like everything. It can feel like 
you know, it'll rip out your heart and kick you in the stomach and, and but it will be the making of you because every notch along the way is, is, is growth. And, um, yeah, you'll, you'll find out a lot about yourself in that scenario as well. So whilst it's a very difficult scenario you find yourself in, uh, do the right thing, be you, be strong, but also be vulnerable and reach out to your friends. As we were just saying now, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a difficult one, brother. And my love goes out to you. Lovely, lovely advice, as always, uh, from Tom Davis, the wolf. An extraordinary piece of advice, so thank you. Um, I, I slightly, I'm slightly not on the same page as you as this. I, I think, and I'm slightly, I'm going to be honest with you, my take on this is slightly marred by the fact that I went to university in a relationship and it was an absolute fucking disaster, to be honest with you. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we never should have stayed in a relationship. When you go to university, you're meeting loads of new people, you change as a person during those years. I think that, like, that age some of the most formative years of your life in terms of what you become as an adult. And I think it's very difficult for you to be the same, per very unlikely you're going to be the same person when you start university as you are when you leave university. And it went really badly for me. And in hindsight, I've got to be honest with you, I, I, I sort of wish we, we just made the decision to, everybody I know told me, you've you got, you got to break up, man. Like, this is mad that you're going to go to university in a relationship. But you just caught up in the moment and you think, no, this would be fine, this would be fine. And it wasn't fine. It was a fucking nightmare. And um, so, look, but that's one example. That's not a sample. Do you know what I mean? That's just one story. But I have, I do know loads of people that, like, went to university with their other half and it just, or, or not necessarily went to the same university, but, you know, went to university in relationships and it didn't go well. Um, my honest feeling is, is that, and you're not going to want to hear this, but if your girlfriend is making it clear that she wants to be single at some point during university, she probably wants to be single now. And she's just trying to figure out a way of saying that to you. I feel like she's done one year of uni. It's possible. And I might be wrong that she's enjoyed that, you know, been hanging out with people and just thought, I don't want to be tied down. How do I tell my boyfriend this? Because like, what do you mean you're going to be single at some point during university? I don't sort of understand that. What, you, what you're going to have a deadline? At which point you're going to go, cool, tomorrow night I'm officially on the market. Like, it doesn't, sort of doesn't make sense to me. So look, as hard as it is, if somebody doesn't want to be with you, no matter how much you feel about them or how strong your feelings are for them, you have to let them go. You have to. I mean, you know, obviously it's like there's, you have no choice. But what I mean is mentally you have to go, if this person doesn't want to be with me, then I, I have to accept that and I have to give myself the respect of not trying to cling on to this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, the, the truth is you are, you're worth more than being with somebody that doesn't want to be with you, you know? So I think you, you let that happen or, or you split up now. And it might be that in a year's time, she's like, or however long, she's like, fuck, what have I done? And then you can make a decision about whether you want to get, get back together or not. But, um, my feeling is, is that she's sort of, um, she's sort of enjoying university life and feeling like she doesn't want to be in a relationship. And maybe that's just, that's just how it's got to go, man. Do you know what I mean? And, and like when I was with, just so you know, I, I'm not just saying this out of like a fucking fierce bitterness. My girlfriend and I, we ended up going to the same uni and it just wasn't good, man. Like you're, 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 you're tied to each other in a way that prohibits you from fully immersing yourself in university life. And like, and I'm not talking about sex. I'm not talking about going on the pool. I'm just talking about just being free. We were always having to do stuff together. And then there were issues where I was going out and she wasn't. And then she'd be like, well, I'm just here at home. Like, you know, I'm just here. I've got nothing on, do you know what I mean? And blah, blah, blah. All that shit. 
you know, it's, it's tricky. So, um, look, man, it's not a one-size-fits-all thing for that, but I suspect that you need to just let this go and see what happens, uh, as difficult as that may be. Yo, Rock Hopper, sending you love, my G. Sending you so much love, my G. Do we have time for one more, do you think? Let's do it. Yeah, quick one more, maybe, baby. Actually, okay, let's finish with this, because this is super quick. Um, and it's basically a bit of validation for you. Yeah. So I like to give you a bit of validation uh, when you deserve it. Dear Wolf, Owl, Cat, and the Delightful Swan, my email is a fairly light-hearted one in the fact that I was working at a wedding yesterday and saw a three-tiered pork pie wedding cake. Wow. Uh, oh, b- by the way, off the back of that, this is what the validation is. You know you talked about, and I've had, we've had loads of emails about this, fake wedding cakes are a thing. Oh, really? I'm sorry for doubting you. Uh, they are a thing where you have a wedding cake and most of it is like polystyrene or something like that, and they've just got a section of it that's actually cake. And that's the thing. Incredible. And you reinvented uh, it, so congratulations. Yeah. I, I sort of feel like I'm starting to, as every episode goes on, start to feel like I may be doing a podcast with a, a genius. I, 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 you know, as it, as it goes on. Let's keep that as a quote for about three years' time. <laughs> okay. If you think we're going to be doing this podcast in three years' time, you're fucking dreaming. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and they go on to say, there's a good continuation of your discussion about mock wedding cakes. It was three flavours in this three-tiered pork pie wedding cake, chilli, mustard, and pickled egg. Oh, wow. Anyway, it was a good day and a nice pork pie from the Delirious Duck. What's your take on a pork pie wedding cake? Man, I just wish I was at that wedding. That's an incredible piece of work. Mm. What, what a beautiful, beautiful idea. Yeah. I, just, I mean, I hope that there was something for our vegan friends. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like a cauliflower pie or something. That, um, I, mean, I don't say that with any, like, because I actually genuinely had a cauliflower and... No, it's just, it's just, it's just, it's, it's just a classic fucking manoeuvre from somebody who eats meat and putting a little dig in. I hope they did something for you, like I don't know, like a glazed carrot or something like that. That's what that was. <laughs> I had an incredible cauliflower pie the other day, and when I was eating it, I thought of you. So it's just saying, cauliflower like, is a wonderful vegetable. I, I resent yeah. how much I resent how much they charge for cauliflower steaks. If I'm being honest, I don't understand why I have to pay the same. F- as I would have to pay for a fucking meat steak, for a cauliflower steak. But yeah. uh, I've never eaten cauliflower and thought this could do with being in a pie. You're joking. So talk me through it. Mate, it was it was really beautifully cooked. Mm. It was really, really tender. Where would you get it from? Uh, there's a place near me that's uh, a basic corner pasty and pie shop. Same place I've got the rhubarb and custard pasty from. Uh, speaking of which, Coughlin's Bakery have done us a rhubarb, apple and custard pasty. When is it available? Well, I've got to speak to them about it. But what I can tell you is um, I've tried it. Is it nice? Sean Coughlin was kind enough to deliver it to my house. He delivered a few of them. And absolutely delightful. Absolutely wow. delightful. We are talking now about putting them on the shelves at Coughlin's. And all profits from the pasties are going to go to Calm, the mental health charity. So there look out for that. We'll do an announcement um, but it's a great pasty. It is a great pasty. Sweet and delicious? Sweet and delicious. And the rhubarb gives it just a bit of tart. Yeah. Just to undercut what's going on there. Just beautiful. Oh, Absolutely beautiful. Beautiful thing. Right, Tom. It's about that time, my G. Yo. Take us out. An old father lion sat with his cub. The cub smiled at him as the father lion looked upon their kingdom. He let out a massive roar and the whole of the kingdom 
around them and the mountains shook. He said, yo, old boy, one day this shall all be yours. The little lion looked up and said, father, I don't know how to run a kingdom. And the old father lion got a little dewy-eyed. And he said, son, you'll go through a few stages in your life. In your teenage years, you'll be selfish. It'll all be about you. You'll be trying to build a life for yourself and it'll all be about you, you, you. But then once your later years start dawning on you and we see a bit of silver coming into that gold mane, you'll become more entitled to lean towards your family, looking after loved ones and those around you. And then when old age appears upon your pores, you shall find a time when you will reach out to your wider community. Everyone here in the kingdom, the jungle, up into the mountains and all around. Life, you see, is a circle, my friend. It keeps on going round and round. The main thing you can do is jump on the ride and hope that at the end of it, you've found a way for people to remember you in the most decent and powerful of sentiments. The little cub looks up and says, Father, I'm scared. For at the moment, I cannot roar. All I can do is squeak. And the old lion looks down and smiles, and he said, in that squeak is the roar that will make you king. Lovely. So, Really nice. For everyone Um, out there. Really, yeah. Life is a progression, yeah. Really well nuanced. Look like Lord of the Rings, and also like Lord of the Rings, had about seven endings. So really good. Really I'm worried he's a bit, a little bit too much like Lion King, so I just tried yeah, to just felt, a little, felt a little bit like Lion King at the beginning there, um, and at the end, and for some parts of the middle. Um, now, uh, we, just before we sign off, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, I want to shout out Ben, who emailed in and said the Al mentioned he's into reggae and wants to know more songs, and he's actually requested a song that I've heard, but I'd love to play us out on. But I would like well. to take this opportunity to ask people to send in suggestions for songs to play us out on, something that makes you feel good. Something to set you off on the day. We'd love your suggestions and we'll play them at the end of the podcast. I've just thought of this item. What do you think of it as a thing? I love it. Uh, I'm sure we're breaching a a number of copyright rules, but that's not my problem. I think we can only play like a little bit. But anyway, the song he suggested is Wings in the Morning by Capleton and Method Man, which is a fucking banger. Uh, So JT, can you put that on? And we're signing off. I'm the Love, love, people. He is the wolf. Take care of yourselves. Love you guys. Peace! If you have a problem, opinion, feedback, or anything at all, please email us at wolfalpod at gmail.com. That's wolfalpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, mainly because we don't have any content ideas. Thank you.